This is the Living Out Podcast, and I'm your host, Darren Steele. Now, my focus, my goal is to help people imagine what's possible by exploring their gifts and passions to live out the best of who they are. On the podcast, I will speak about social justice, LGBTQ issues, and of course, as a coach, personal growth and personal development. So this is the last episode of 2018, and I've been giving some thought to what it is I want to say. Did I want to do a wrap-up of the year in review? I was thinking of looking at the state of LGBTQ rights, and something I've been seeing people writing about on Medium has a, a section in the publication Medium, the word of the year. And it's kind of interesting what people have been writing, but I think what's more important than a word, a word of the year, looking back over this past year, what have been the dominant feelings? The feelings have been anger and fear as, as dominant feelings. I've experienced both. I've experienced the frustration just as a human being, as a gay man, seeing what's happening in the United States, even though I'm a Canadian, seeing what's happening in other parts of the world that are affecting human rights, not just rights for gays or LGBTQ people of all colors, but human rights, the lack of respect, and this absolute fear of the other. And so I looked back and thought, I'm going to talk about fear and fear as the mind killer and more importantly, what is the opposite? And that's the bridge I want to make. Looking back perhaps to this year of 2018 as the year of fear, the year of anger, the year of aggression, the year of it's all about me, and how we can approach 2019 and beyond differently. How we handle ourselves, how we need to lead ourselves and others, not as an individual leader. I think that's possibly part of the bigger problem and something I've been investigating on my own and I hope to bring to the podcast soon this idea of it's not new but more collective leadership you know when I read the news this morning and how is it that the United States has decided that their president with the stroke of a pen can have so much power and shut down the government because he's basically afraid of not getting what he wants he's afraid of looking like a failure because all he wants is success and more money and more power and no one no one should have that much power to basically cripple parts of a country and specifically the individuals who are working for the government who are not going to get paid now and anyway it's appalling and things need to change and we can sit in our fear like a stew simmering on top of a stove and just be not warmed up, but boiled up and be contained within that pot, never quite boiling over, but never changing. We have to extricate ourselves out of that situation and find other people with whom we can do the work to make change. And change starts with one. So... Fears, in general, close the mind to open thinking. And the fewer fears that we have, 
the more open-minded and accepting we will be of possibilities and variations in all aspects of life, living, and humanity, and taking care of the planet. This is a pet peeve of mine, but if we're afraid of the wrath of an, an imaginary being in the sky, then we're going to be afraid of anything that we're told is unacceptable, wrong, against God, not part of tradition, or something that's going to deny you entry into the pearly gates. It makes me wonder about things like radical fundamentalism of any sort. It's probably the greatest fear of mortality. If you believe and you follow the rules and if you become a born again, then whatever you do in this life on this planet is now forgiven in the afterlife. You know, basically, no worries. I can do whatever the fuck I want now because I've been born again. That's hypocrisy beyond measure in my mind. And if you're afraid of the color of someone's skin, someone who is different than you, you're going to be afraid of all other possibilities, variants of sexuality and gender expression. Why? Why would you be afraid as someone who is white of someone who has a different, darker tone of skin? The basics of history tell us that we came from continents that so many white people are afraid of. It boggles my mind that when someone is so intensely fearful to the point of a manic paranoia of not having enough, that they take a country hostage, they do backroom deals, they manipulate data, they tell lies, they have people killed so that they can be the unchallenged supreme leader until death, holding on to power with their very last ounce of strength. When you're afraid of yourself, you will be afraid of anyone who freely expresses their own potential. And ultimately, I think when you look deeply at any of these maniacal, power-hungry leaders who are corrupt, who are narcissists, who do whatever it takes to maintain power at their core, they are afraid. Fearful in the sense that drives them to a kind of insanity. And is this not really where all the evils in the world come from? Fear. When we do something out of fear, it might not immediately appear as fear to someone else. It might show up in the first place as bullying, somebody being homophobic, somebody acting racist, somebody taking control and be, becoming a dictator, somebody swaying the minds of the masses, which is what we're seeing with populism right now. Oh, woe is me. The other is taking, are taking my jobs. We're having to sell out to another country and suddenly we are no longer producing oil in the Alberta oil sands. So now we're going to do everything possible to stand up with a right-wing politician and suddenly everyone coming in who is a refugee or an immigrant is the person to blame for the oil crisis. None of this connects or makes sense, but it satisfies for the moment the fear that people have of the other by feeding their fear more and this cascade effect of continually building that fear, but also finding other people with whom they can belong and share their 
value at the moment of the fear of the other that makes them feel better, makes them feel superior, makes them no longer responsible for their choices and their actions or their beliefs because they become part of a larger group, a larger mob that says it's not us. It's something else out there. And the more we're afraid, the less self-esteem we have, the less of a human being we become in the sense of no longer belonging to the global sense of humanity, the less we're actually aware of our individual uniqueness and capacity for creativity. We simply become a follower, blindly allowing someone else to dictate and increase that which we're already afraid of. And fear takes us outside of ourselves. We are no longer attuned to what's really vital and important. We're no longer interested in peace of mind. Rather, we look for solace in the external world, possessions, money, power, belonging to the status quo, following an ideology or a dogma. But peace is found deep within oneself, not externally. And peace is one of the biggest slayers of fear. But peace is not the opposite of fear. It certainly placates fear. But the opposite of fear is love without judgment or expectation. There might be a, a related quality to this, which would be joy. But I think joy really is an extrapolation of that kind of deep love, love of the self, a selfless love, an empathy, a love without judgment or expectation, a willingness to learn and understand and accept, a willingness to love oneself to the point of taking complete ownership and responsibility for the things that are happening to you. When we hear the qualifiers without judgment or expectation, that's very important because this is what I'm talking about here is not about the love of a child or the love of your partner. This is the deeper humanitarian love that comes from being empathetic, opening up your heart and acceptance towards other people. And that's what will make a positive difference in minimizing and defeating fear both in yourself and in others in your proximity. An example. It is not love. It is not love to say, the Bible teaches us to love the sinner, but not the sin. That's not love. That's fucking hypocrisy. It's a statement based on dogma that people who don't want to take responsibility for their true humanitarian empathy don't ever question. It's a form of control based on a fear of the other. It's a form of control by reinforcing a tribal mentality of a bunch of saved individuals who think that they need to go out and save the heathens and convert the homosexuals to a straight lifestyle. That is not love. That is not love. No matter what words you misinterpret and falsely translate from a problematic text that is called the Bible. Love without expectation or judgment sounds like this. You are different from me. 
and I, I don't understand, but would you help me understand you so that I'll be able to placate my fears so that I'll be less afraid so that I won't judge you for who you are? Because fear leads to judgment and judgment is just a lack of self-esteem and self-awareness on the part of the person judging someone outside of themselves. It's like when leaders of countries trade insults, which we've seen so much of in this last year, and they make threatening statements. They're not recognizing that the fear, fear is the mind killer and the foundation of their conflicts. Their pride, yet another form of fear, is the foundation of their mistrust and their politicking. Now, I've heard this story a number of times that Tony Robbins talks about having met Mikhail Gorbachev a long time ago. So the story is that Mikhail the story goes that Mikhail Gorbachev met Ronald Reagan in Geneva in 1985, and the meeting was going really badly. Everyone was tense and argumentative, and according to Robbins' retelling of the story, Gorbachev remembered, and I'm going to quote. Uh, from the video that I've included in the podcast episode. And I quote, What happened was that we were in this mad argument, worse and worse, going nowhere. All of a sudden, this President Reagan stands up and says, This is not working, with this weird look on his face. And he says, How about we start fresh? My name is Ron. May I call you Mikhail? At that moment, the world changed. He was no evil. He was no horrible. He was such a nice man. It's an important story, true or not. That took a sense of self and certainty and an embracing of fear in that moment. And embracing fear in that moment means surrounding it with a different feeling and I'm only imagining, because I wasn't there and I wasn't in Reagan's head, but how was he able to step back from the tension of two world leaders that are, and had been head to head, and say, I'm actually going to, in this moment, approach you as a friend. That has to come from a place of love. That has to come from a place of understanding. That has to come from a place of, okay, I'm going to actually suspend judgment for a moment. I say that because the challenge with fear is that it is controlled primarily by our ancient brains. In neuroscience, we have our prefrontal cortex, the youngest brain, our thinking brain, and that's responsible for maybe 15 to 20% of our conscious thought at best. We have our reactionary reptilian brain that helps us fight or flee in extremely fearful, potentially life-threatening situations. And then we have our mammalian or our animal brain, which looks for comfort and keeping us comfortable, safe in the sense of comfort in relationships, in maybe the kind of food we ate that eat that makes us feel good in the kind of situations or physical environments that we will feel better in and secure. So if we're not aware of that, and we let our unconscious brains, our ancient brains, control us, we will simply manufacture our downfall. And this is just a product of 
human evolution, whether or not our prefrontal cortex grows in size or is able to better manage these ancient parts of our brain, we genetically grew this way to survive. Now we live in this modern world where we don't have to worry about running and hiding from vicious animals that want to eat us just as much as we want to eat them. No, instead we're dealing with world leaders, other individuals, bullying, homophobic bigots, religious organizations that tell us if we don't believe they're going to convert us or we're just not going to go to heaven and we're going to do everything we can with a government to try and take your rights away and make you less than. Peace and peace of mind is an important step towards the opposite of fear, love. Peace of mind is how we take care of ourselves in meditation or going out into nature nature, so that we can actually step back from the conflict, from the fearful situation, and really get clear to see and feel our fears for what they truly are, which is not always easy to do, and very difficult and challenging in the heat of the moment. Personal space and time are needed to feel safe enough so that you can breathe calmly and embrace one fear at a time. And I know all too well that we are all very different in our sort of makeup, in our character makeup, that I'm very quick to anger. And some people are really wonderfully able to assess and handle their emotional reaction or their tendency to go very quickly into a fear or or fight state. And I think a very important first step distinction with fear is this. To embrace your fear, you're not accepting it. You're not immediately getting over it. You're seeking to understand it and and, and why you've been reacting and what are the individual elements or triggers that bring that fear to bear. Is it something you believe? Is it something from your past? Is it something that you're uh, simply following in the group or the environment that you find yourself in? But the more we can express love, the more we can suspend judgment the more we can let go of expectation of what we want or need to happen, the more we diminish the power that a particular fear has held over us. So how can you make this work for you in 2019, the next time you're faced with your own fear about whatever, or when you're challenged by someone else's fear and how that is coming against you or causing problems in the moment for you? How can you respond differently to someone who is being homophobic or a bigot or a racist? How can you extend your hand in calmness, in forgiveness, in love, and help them understand that they're reacting out of fear and to Bring them perhaps first to that more peaceful state, that calmer state, because that's where you can then possibly cross that bridge and help them see that they have nothing to be afraid of. That's a path I've been putting myself on and have been treading 
but I know it's been coming through in what I've been talking about in the podcast in various topics and what I've been writing about and that I'm becoming more cognizant of my fear-based reactions and really asking myself, where is this coming from? And understanding from this past year and having faced some very difficult conflict that was extreme bullying and harassment and defamation for an important choice that I had to make and a a choice that I had to make that was kind of veiled to protect someone else in a retrospect. I wish I had done things differently, but I didn't do anything wrong. And how difficult it was to deal with that, what I had to bear witness to in the anger and the mob think about something that on one level wasn't that important with respect to the health of the planet and all the other crap that's going on. And my awareness was and is of that time that how off the handle people can become, how much they can lose it out of their need to be right. And a need to be right is just another fear, not willing to look at the other side of the story not willing to embrace the possibility of learning something new and embracing the possibility of learning something new is like I said earlier, it's not completely accepting the other side. I don't have to accept someone who is homophobic. I don't have to accept someone who is a racist. I don't have to accept someone who believes climate change is not impacting the world. But I can help open their mind by learning to accept them simply as a human being. And if I can find a common ground with them, this is the challenge to me without going into reaction, without going into defensive mode. So that is not a goal. (laughs) That's not something I can really measure. That's not something I can quantify. It is a quality of character that I am stating here that I'm going to be practicing for the next year. And I would ask you to end today's episode, the last episode of 2018. I've talked in the last couple of episodes about your mission statement, your life purpose. You know, part of mine is that I help others understand who they are and why they do what they do to take complete personal responsibility for their actions and how their choices impact the lives of others. All the goals that you could measure by how much more money, what you're going to have, what percentage increase, that's fine. What's one quality that would enhance your humanity, that would help you grow as a person, that would offer impact and transformation, not just for your life and for who you are, and would increase your joy and your well-being? but would have a profound and positive impact on the people around you, whether it be your family, your organization, your workplace. What quality do you want to practice that you see is lacking in the world and the world needs someone like you to be a more powerful, loving, and caring, and empathetic leader? Head over to my episode webpage and tell me about that quality. 
I wish you all of the best in 2019. Joy, wellness, prosperity, and may 2019 be a pivotal and positive change and improvement upon what in some ways has looked like a stagnation and a loss of rights and freedoms. But often we have to face the demons of our minds and humanity and populism. And we live in a world where we can get instant information. And yes, there's a lot of false and fake news, but we also have access to information that we can use in a powerfully impactful way to make for improvement, to help people take responsibility for their actions, to realize how their choices impact the lives of every person on this planet. Until next year, (laughs) live out and live proud.